You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. Welcome to Matt Walsh on Demand. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. So I wanted to talk today about, uh, I just wrote a, a piece. I like to call it a piece because it sounds more, I don't know, rather than saying a post, you know, I say a piece and it sounds more uh, uh, smart, I guess. And nothing I write is actually all that smart, but all I do is point out the obvious. That's my whole thing. And I have a job because a lot of people don't see the obvious. We live in such a convoluted, deluded world, and that's the only reason I have a job. If people could simply see the obvious, then I wouldn't have to point it out. But in any case, I wrote something about um, uh, the need for shame and judgment in our society. And those are two words that people don't like. Ooh, shame and judgment. But we need more of it in our society. And I'm going to give you, I'll give you Exhibit A. Um, I don't know if this is Exhibit A. It's more like Exhibit A dash uh, 1,564,333,000 or something like that. I haven't exactly been keeping track. But there have been a lot of examples of why we need more of it. Here's the latest. His name is Paul Walsht. I think it's, it's not Walsh. Okay, I want to tell you that right now. W-O-L-S-C-H-T. Anyway, Paul is a 52-year-old pervert, a transgender activist, quote-unquote transgender, a trans consultant. I don't know what that, mean, that, that means exactly. Um, from Canada, who was recently given a very heroic profile in a gay news site. And, um, and then that was picked up by a few conservative sites. And the thing about Paul is that he's uh, he's just like every other transgender, um, a homosexual crossdresser, a clinical narcissist, wears skirts and makeup because he finds it sexually stimulating. But there's one detail about Paul that makes him somewhat unique. Um, you see, our, our hero isn't just transgender; he's transager or transaged. Um. A while, this is, the how, this is how it worked. Uh, a while after getting married, Paul, uh, and he fathered seven children. But a while after that happened, Paul realized that he's actually a girl. A six-year-old girl, to be precise. And upon arriving at this scientific conclusion, he abandoned his family and went to live with a couple of deviants who adopted him as their son. Now, it will come as no surprise that, uh, according to one thing that I read, and this is more uh, TMI, um, but this is all too much information. That's part of the point here. But it'll come as no surprise that he has a sexual relationship with his quote-unquote adopted father. Now, horrifically, there are real children in the house. Okay? Uh, his adopted parents, quote-unquote, have uh, kids and grandkids that are in the house. Now, Clearly, the other kids in the house should be removed from the home. I, I don't know why we have child protective services if they don't step in to protect children 
who are being forced to engage in role play with a mentally unbalanced, sex-crazed degenerate. And neither Paul nor his parents should be allowed within 100 yards of minors because you know part of this sick fantasy that they're playing out obviously reveals pedophilic tendencies. Okay, you're a you're a a grown man who dresses up like a little girl. You are you are um, at least inclined towards pedophilia like um, urges. I think that's pretty clear. So they're all a danger to kids and to society. Um, they should be condemned. Their behavior should be contempt. And if I was in charge, you know what? I would put all of them in, in prison. I would put them all involuntarily committed them. I'd involuntarily commit them all to, to a hospital for the criminally insane. That's what I would do. And you can talk about free speech rights and everything else. But, uh, you know, it, it, it used to be that we had standards, just basic standards for decency. And this sort of thing just would not have been allowed. And I don't think it should be. This is a manifestation of deep, deep psychological problems. Uh, these people are dangerous. Put them in a mental, a mental asylum. That's where they belong. Padded room. But of course, Paul is more likely to be celebrated than condemned in our society. And sure, there are still some uh, cis-aged transgenders who will insist that if Paul wants to be a girl, he has to be a 52-year-old girl. You know, because trans age isn't a thing. Only transgender is, they'll claim. But uh, in the end... Transageism is exactly parallel to transgenderism. If you can be something other than your biological sex, surely you can be something other than your biological age. You have no choice but to accept one if you accept the other, which is why liberalism will soon champion the age fluid with the same fervor with which they champion the gender fluid and all the other fluids. Uh, and Paul is already being heralded as a pioneer in some liberal circles, and soon I think they'll all join the chorus because they have no choice. This is the reality that they've created. Just look at how quickly liberalism unironically adopted the idea of transracialism, after all. You remember with Rachel Dolezal. And it didn't take long before, uh, you know, I remember there was something on MSNBC. What's her face over there? Melissa Harris Perry. You know, said, uh, basically said, hey, everyone's laughing at the idea that someone could be trans race, but let's, let's take a step back here. Maybe there's something to this. So transgender, trans age, trans race, throw it all in. You can't pick one and leave the others. Then there's trans species, which isn't just a concept invented by South Park. There exists an actual community of people who pretend to be animals and call themselves otherkins, okay? Um, there was a, a, a profile done of otherkins. Um, on a on, on vice.com a while ago. And the headline was, Otherkins are people too. They just identify as non-humans. A lot of liberals take these bestial fetishists seriously. They have to. Transgender, trans age, trans race, trans species, different brands of crazy, but all basically the same. And it doesn't stop there. I'm sure you've heard of the small but vibrant transabled community. Transable. These are people who were, you know, uh, born physically healthy, but think they were supposed to be born legless, armless, deaf, paralyzed, uh, or crippled in some other way. And eventually, if they aren't given rigorous psychological treatment, they resort to disfiguring themselves to achieve uh, their true selves. 
And uh, recently there was something on, uh, uh, there was a, a video that went viral um, of a, a woman by the name of Jewel Shooping who felt that she was supposed to be blind. And so naturally her psychologist poured drain cleaner in her eyes. This is what's happening. Transgender, transage, transrace, transspecies, transabled. Tolerance will be legally mandated for everyone. There's no stopping the trans train at this point. But it goes beyond that. When you look at our shameless society, um, just yesterday I saw on my Facebook news feed a story about a brother and sister who've been dating for 20 years. They have a child together. This was also a, a, a vice... The website Vice also did this. Pro- They're on top of all the perverts, all the all the uh, you know latest breaking pervert stories. They they're on top of that. So there was a Vice interview of this uh, happy incestuous couple, and it was very non-judgmental, favorable even. And I originally saw it linked on another website. This this um, interview linked linked on a website called Uprocks. And uh, there was a, there was a line linking to the to the interview, and it said the entire interview is worth a read, regardless of how you feel about brother sister relationships. Regardless of how we feel, is there an option to feel anything other than an overpowering revulsion? Of course, there is these days, anyway. Now, of course, homosexual activists initially recoiled at comparisons to incest, uh, but slowly but surely, it will be granted. You know, they'll be granted the same privilege, same tolerance. Pedophiles, too. Pedophiles getting in on the normalization action. Uh, not long ago, Salon ran a puff piece on a man who confesses to being sexually attracted to little children. And it was greeted with reserved approval by liberals across the country. Eventually, we'll get to the point where that's acceptable, too. Um, because, you know, love whoever we want, right? They're kids, yeah, but but uh, but we already give birth control to sixth graders. We teach sex ed to kindergartners, so what's the big deal? If we think they're ready to have sex, aren't they ready to choose who they have sex with? I mean, liberals tell us toddlers are even mature enough to choose their own gender, for God's sake. So eventually pedophilia will be, the, will be uh, acceptable as well. This is real, okay? This is happening. And I, I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to think about it. And I hesitate sometimes to, to I hesitate to talk about it sometimes, to write about it, uh, to do a podcast about it, because if you don't already know about transageism, other kins, pro-incest campaigns, et cetera, perhaps you're better off continuing along, continuing along in, that, in that ignorance. It's very enviable. I wish I didn't know about it. But this is where we are as a culture, and I think we need to know where we are, um, especially if we have kids. <clears throat> this is one of the great burdens... I wasn't choking up just back there. I was just, I had something stuck in my throat. Although this is, uh, you know, I I would be excused for crying about this. Because my kids have to live in this world and so do yours. This is one of the great burdens of parenthood, you know, is that we have to be barriers between our children and the world and absorb all of these horrors. So I feel feel sickened just thinking about it, uh, but I must think about it. You know, I can't hide from it. None of us can. And make no mistake about this. This, what we're, what we're seeing now, this is a free fall, not a slide. We aren't slipping down the proverbial slope. We're diving 
into the abyss. We are plunging right into the bowels of hell in this culture. And there's really nothing that could stop it. Because as I said, this is what happens when you remove moral absolutes, shame, and judgment. For years, schools, parents, the media, even some churches have taught that, that nothing is inherently wrong. Nothing can, uh, you know, nobody can judge us. Nobody should be ashamed of anything. The lesson has sunk in the devastating effect. The more we hold up shamelessness as an ideal, the more we rob ourselves of, of our dignity. The more we become something like monkeys, you know, run around grunting, flinging our feces around. And if you listen to the champions of any of these various um, uh, perversions, transgenders, transagers, transspecies, whatever, you'll find that all of them talk about, you know, the glorious moment when they overcame the shame they felt and should feel for indulging in their kinks and hideous fixations. Almost always um, this triumph occurred when they encountered, usually online, other people with the same disturbing propensities. They found community in their sin. And, and there they could sort of build this human wall to block out judgment from the outside world. And of course, of course, the outside world has been indoctrinated to the same faulty notions of relativism, acceptance, tolerance. So there's less and less judgment, less and less shame to hide from. And now these communities, they can come out into the open, uh, and, uh, and as they do, more people feel encouraged to nourish and explore whatever sick temptations might be gurgling deep inside the recesses of their subconscious. And in this way, despite how liberals might scoff at this idea, it is true that sexual deviance can, deviance, um, can be spread like a disease. People who would other, otherwise ignore, suppress, seek treatment, counseling, healing, to deal with their urges are now encouraged to act upon them, to become them, define themselves by them. This is what happens without shame. Shame is a good thing. Shame is by definition the painful feeling arising from the consciousness of something dishonorable, improper, or ridiculous. So the 52-year-old man should feel ashamed of dressing up like a schoolgirl. Bruce Jenner should feel ashamed of pretending to be a woman. And other kin, quote-unquote, should feel ashamed of crawling around on all fours and telling every, everyone that he identifies as a woodland fox. You know, should feel ashamed of that. Shame tells you something, just as the sharp burning pain tells you something when you put your hands on a hot stove. It tells you, this is unhealthy, stop doing it. But our society has convinced us that nobody ought to feel uh, you know, such an uncomfortable sensation. Nobody ought to be judged, no matter how gross, bizarre, twisted their behavior might be. Nobody is wrong, nothing is wrong, everything is right, except for, of course, what is actually right. The things that are actually right, chastity, temperance, humility, all the other virtues, are now the only wrongs, and promoting them or trying to impose them on others is the greatest wrong of all. This is the new normal. We, don't, we didn't slide into it. We removed the ground from beneath us and fell straight down, and we're still falling. It's not a pretty sight, but um, we can't close our eyes to it anymore. Unfortunately, this is where we are. And on that chipper note, um, that's going to do it for me. I will uh, talk to you guys next week. I appreciate you. That's beautiful.